know, last week I spoke about, are we keeping pace with God? And we looked at parts of the prophetic words spoken over our church in the last year with a view to checking ourselves as to whether we were really ready for what God wanted to do in and through us and to touch others' lives. And God is definitely ready to move, but seriously, are we in all areas of our life? So I just want to continue on a bit from that sermon from last week. And today I want to talk about a date with destiny because I believe God does, just doesn't want us to have one date, a date with Him, but a whole and a loving relationship where you are loved, you're safe, you can be flourishing in all areas of your life and fulfil the plans that God has for you corporately and as a church. Sorry, my iPad's going for a bit of a walk here. I believe God has a great destiny for your church, for our church, sorry, and I don't want any one of us to miss it at all. So we read about the story of Samson in Judges 14 to 17. And we read about his life and we want to, I want to look at his life and just um, see, see just what was happening and some important principles to keep you on track with God's destiny for your life. And as we look at Samson's life, we see that it was a time in Israel when no human king was actually ruling and everyone did what seemed right in their own eyes. What, what's news? It seems like that's happening now. So if we look at Judges chapter 13, verses 1 to 5, and it says, Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. A certain man of Zorah named Manoah from the clan of the Danites had a wife who was sterile and remained childless. The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, you are sterile and childless, but you are going to conceive and have a son. Now see that to it that you drink no wine or other fermented drink and that you do not eat anything unclean because you will conceive and give birth to a son. No razor may be used on his head because the boy is to be a Nazarite set apart to God from birth and he will begin the deliverance of Israel from the hand of the Philistines. You see, a Nazarite, you might wonder what that's about, was one who demonstrated total consecration to the Lord by living a very disciplined life and abstaining from many things. And time doesn't permit me this morning to go into the relevance of abstaining from all these things. The individual things actually have no bearing on the message this morning. What is important is that he was to be obedient to the Lord and live a disciplined life. So what was God's purpose for Samuel's life? Well, I said it at the end of just my reading, was to begin the deliverance of Israel from the Philistines. In Judges 13 verse 24, it says, The woman gave birth to a boy and named him Samson. He grew and the Lord blessed him and the spirit of the Lord began to stir in him. So we see that the Lord's blessing was on Samson as a young boy and as he grew older. And the first principle I want to talk to you about this morning to take note of if we want to keep track with God's destiny for your life is have a passion to serve others. Now, don't have a fit. I'm not going to repeat last Sunday's message, but this one is important. We move on to where Samson, he was now of a marriageable age and he had set his eyes on a young Philistine woman instead of someone from his own people. In Judges 14 verse 2 it says, He said to his father and mother, 
I have seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. Now go get her for me as my wife. This guy didn't seem to really have a lot of, ma of manners at all. His whole communication indicated attitude. And let me just say here, if you're a parent who's raised a teenager, you will definitely know what attitude is all about. No one was going to tell Samson what to do. This is a, and in 2 Peter versus, sorry, in 2 Peter 2 verse 10, it says, this is especially true of those who follow the corrupt desire of the sinful nature and despise authority. Samson took God for granted and took his walk with God for granted. He was willing to be served instead of willing to serve others. In Galatians 5 verse 13, it says, You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. And 1 Peter 4 verse 10 says, Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. You know, if Samson had had a passion to serve others and do whatever he could to reach them, to reach them so that they could reach their full potential in life, he would never have ended up in the mess that he did. His desire would have been towards God and his focus would have been on serving others and helping others. You know, it's interesting that when people get hurt or choose to stay offended, they immediately start withdrawing themselves and isolating themselves. Before the hurt, they might have been involved in this or in that, relating to a lot of people, serving in this area and helping in all these other areas. But the minute their pride has been touched, boom, you hardly see them. But then I've seen others who face the same situation and they determine to keep serving faithfully and allow God to deal with that, with it and deal with and heal that hurt or offence. They become stronger for it and their church is stronger because the churches will then be made up of people who have a passion to serve others, not indulge themselves. If we want to keep on track with God's destiny for our life and our church, then we need to have a passion to serve others. The second principle is listen and follow the promptings of God. Even though God blessed Samson, his passions were definitely his own, causing him to act contrary to God's ways. As I mentioned earlier, Samson had chosen a wife from, not from his own people. Later in chapter 16, we see him sleeping with a prostitute. Then he fell in love with another woman, Delilah, from the Valley of Sorek. And throughout chapter 16, it's obvious she answers to Philistine leaders. And Samson kept making bad choice after bad choice. In this case, in his women, because he chose to be led by the spirits and not his own desires. Each one is tempted, it says in James 1 verse 14, each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. What is man drawn away by? The devil dangling alluring carrots in front of us? No, your own desires will draw you away. The devil doesn't have to get out of bed. You are quite capable of messing up your life all by yourself. No one forces you to do anything. The choice is always yours. In 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13, it says, No temptation has overtaken you except such is as common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, 
but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Let me add here, I do think there is a difference between temptation and us indulging our sinful nature. The devil is always going to try and tempt us, particularly in an area where we're weak or we're vulnerable. And when we are tempted, it's like a door just opening a bit and we see enough to recognise something that we like. And that's when we should be shutting the door straight away and just putting an end to it. But once we say, oh no, look, I'm okay. I'm just going to open it a bit more. I know what I'm doing. That is when you start indulging yourself and your sinful nature. You see, Samson had a weakness and instead of listening to the voice of God and making changes in his life so that weakness could become a strength, he chose to do his own thing. And that continual disregard for God's ways put him on a path that led him from the destiny that God had for his life. The reality is for our lives, when we are aware of any weakness, and it doesn't have to be sexual, we need to choose to listen to the voice and promptings of God. It will probably be a little gentle nudge. Don't do it. Don't think it. Don't say it. Make every effort to bring change to the way we think and act. So with God's help, that weakness becomes an area of strength. Instead of working against the purposes of God, we are right on track for everything that God has destined for our lives. In Deuteronomy 30 verses 19 to 20, it says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice and that you may cling to him for he is your life and the length of your days. What a great verse. If you want to keep on track with God's destiny for your life and for our church, then we need to listen and follow the promptings of God. The third thing is live by the spirit, not your emotions. Samson allowed his emotions to dictate his life instead of allowing the spirit of God to direct him. This dude was definitely one candidate for anger management course. Heaven help anyone if they got in his way. He was a walking volcano continually erupting. Not only was his emotional life a mess, he was easily emotionally manipulated also. His original wife, the first one, tricks him into giving the answer to a riddle by trying the old crying trick. Also, Samson gets angry and strikes down 30 of the Philistine men just to pay back a debt. Again, his anger is out of control as he burns up all the Philistines, uh, as he burns up all their vineyards and their olive groves. And amidst all his displays of strength, we find Samson hiding in a cave. While he may have had incredible physical strength, he was emotionally insecure and we find him scared of his own people. And we eventually find he gives in to Delilah's nagging to reveal the secret of his strength. That was a huge, huge mistake. He is captured and imprisoned by the Philistines with his two eyes taken out. Galatians 5 verses 9 19 to 21 says, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. 
sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. In Galatians 5 verse 16, it says, So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. In Galatians 5 verses 25, it says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And if you're going to keep in step with the Spirit, you don't have time to indulge your emotions or toy with anybody else's. You're flat out watching every move the Spirit makes and all it's doing. It's all a matter of where you choose to put your focus. If we want to keep on track with God's destiny for our life and our church, then we must live by the Spirit, not by our emotions. The fourth principle is go with God, not his gift. Samson relied on his gift and apparent blessing, but he, God couldn't use him for his purpose was to begin the deliverance of Israel from the Philippines, not the Philippines, from the Philistines, sorry. Samson was known for his mistakes, not one to follow after or inspire people. Samson didn't treasure the gift that God had put on his life. He taunted the enemy with it. Try and get me now, he'd say, now and see if you can. He should have guarded it. The fact he would reveal to Delilah the source of his strength meant he was willing to gamble with God's physical presence in his life. While he had his hair, he had God's visible presence and superhuman strength. One of the tragedies in this part of his life was Samson never realised that the Lord had departed from him. He was so out of touch with God, he didn't even know his presence had left him when his hair was cut. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7 says, But we have this, this treasure in jars of clay, that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Jesus is the treasure that we have in, in us, the vessels. We need to treasure all that God gives us so that we can fulfill all that he wants us to do. If that one gift he gives us is going to help us achieve that, then we need to look after it and use it only to bring him glory. You see, Samson's gift took him where his character couldn't keep him. It's human nature to look at a person's gift and, oh, wow, and be dazzled by it. But it's their walk with God and his character working through them that is going to make the biggest impact. People mistake God's blessing on his gift in them as his approval on their lifestyle and their walk with him. But the reality is they've lost the plot. When the heat comes on in their life, they crack up all over the place because they haven't stayed close to God and they haven't out let him outwork his character in their lives. They are just a walking gift and not much good for anything. They certainly will, won't be making difference in their world. Jesus died on the cross for people, not gifts. People are what God focuses on. He just wants us to use his gifts to reach them. And the final point this morning is don't choose to waste your destiny. One redeeming thing about the story of Samson's lives was the bad guys, the Philistines, 
didn't win. The bad guys didn't win. We'd like to think Samson finally got his act together at the end, or did he? You see, I don't think after all this time that it ever dawned on Samson what really God had intended for him and his plan and purpose was for him. Even after the awful treatment of the Philistines by imprisoning him and taking out his eyes, he just never seemed to get the focus off himself and now and the things that have affected his life. And we see Samson's ultimate act was not the motive to deliver Israel, but to get revenge for the loss of his two eyes. In Judges 16, verse 28, it says, Then Samson prayed to the Lord, O sovereign God, remember me, O God. Please strengthen me just once more and let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. How awful. It was only in Samson's death that he accidentally began God's purpose for his life was to deliver Israel from from the Philistines. It says in Judges 16, verse 30, he killed more people when he died than while he lived. Ephesians 5, verse 15 to 16 says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. If you want to keep on track with God's destiny for your life, don't choose to waste your destiny. You see, the reason I called this message a date with destiny is because that's all that Samson ended up having. One date at the crack at the end of his life at what he was originally destined to do. But imagine if he had had a long-term and close relationship with God. He could have made an awesome impact in his time. If only he'd listened to the voice and the promptings of God and chosen to follow him rather than indulging his own desires. The amazing thing for Samson is that God's love for him had never been exhausted. It never stopped. Right up until the very end of his life, at the massive mess he made of it, God was willing to presence himself with Samson. As his hair began to grow, so God's visible presence in Samson's life returned. And it is that same God who never gives up on you, no matter what mess you think you've made in your life. His incredible love and grace to you is far greater than any mess you can make. God doesn't want to focus on your failure. He wants to focus on your future. Perhaps you are here today and although you may have had good intentions, you have lost your focus and your vision and all you are is a walking gift. You need to work on God's character in your life. You may even feel like you're in danger of wasting your destiny. Can I urge you, choose to start making a difference and partner with God again. Perhaps you are here today and God is nudging you about areas where you have a weakness, but you are playing games and not responding to God and you're not growing. Can I urge you, don't fool around with your destiny and the opportunities that may be passing you by. Choose to respond to God and do everything possible to be on track with your destiny. You may not know Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, but let me tell you today, His love for you is never, ever exhausted. God has a wonderful destiny and purpose for your life. He is just waiting for you to ask Him 
into your life. He will never force you to have a relationship with him. He loves you so much that years ago, someone would have to pay the price for the sinful nature of mankind. So he sacrificially gave us his son, Jesus, who willingly paid the price by being crucified on the cross once and for all. So we could be free to pursue a relationship with God and be freed from the baggage of our past. And the good news is that Jesus didn't stay dead. On the third day, God raised him from the dead and now we can have a relationship with a living and vital relationship with a living saviour, a resurrected saviour. 